everybody listening to the Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our Fat Life page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are rope partners and have been practicing together for nearly five years. We live in Bangkok and we love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by Friction Live. Friction Live offers a variety of kink classes, mostly centered around rope and things you can do to complement your rope, which you can follow along from the comfort of your own couch, your kitchen, your bed, your rope dojo, and you can attend the class live or view it recorded at your convenience. Check them out on frictionlive.ca. And today we have an episode voted on by our Patreon community, don't we, Fox? Uh, Yes, we do, and that's quite exciting. So the thing we do this year is that we put up uh, a poll on the Patreon website, and the people who subscribe to our Patreon can vote on which topics we're going to do next. And what topic did they vote for today? Overwhelmingly, they voted to have an episode about Facebook, Maya. Facebook. So what is Facebook? Face rope is rope that you apply to the face, Maya. <laughs> Shockingly. I know, right? Um, and uh, how, tell me about that. How do you do that? Well, usually it wraps around the head. Uh, and it can cover different parts of the face and the head. So, for instance, you could start at the back of the head and wrap over the eyes, wrap around the nose, around the ears, wrap over the mouth, into the mouth sometimes. That sort of thing. Okay. And that sounds kind of difficult because the head is not a column in the same way as legs and arms. So how, how do you do that? What are the challenges? Uh, definitely, it is a bit more challenging. The head is kind of like a sphere. It's not exactly a sphere in most people. It's a bit more squared off than that. But it's, it's similar to a sphere. So imagine tying a volleyball or a melon or a pumpkin and you get a pretty good idea of what it feels like to tie around the head. Uh, luckily, there are some natural sticky anchor points. Bits. Yeah, okay, sticky out bits. That's... Or sticky in bits is the mouth could be. Yeah, also that. Uh, or the eye socket, but maybe with this one we want to be a bit more careful. Or I suppose the nostrils, but that's a different... <laughs> so ears, eyes and nose. Uh, yeah, and you can use those to your advantage. Uh, one thing that comes to mind immediately is, you know how glasses rest on the top of your ears? I do. In fact, we're both wearing glasses right now, aren't we? Yes. You can also tuck rope over the ear in the same manner, and that will help your rope not slide down, for mm-hmm. instance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but seriously, a thing that can be quite helpful is practicing tying on a volleyball or a melon, or a pumpkin, which has a similar shape. Okay. Maybe don't tell your bottom that their head is like a melon, but yeah. I mean, it's mostly the rigor that have heads like melons, no? <laughs> okay. And why is that helpful to practice on a melon or a pumpkin? Uh, same spherical shape, same slidey surface, and you can practice your tension and how you're going to use hitches and frictions and things like that to try to have your rope stay on. Right. 
Right. And we can consider this a type of micro bondage. And I think we touched on this in our micro bondage episode as well. So I'm mm-hmm. going to link to that in the show notes so people can listen to that as a companion. Absolutely. Um, and one thing you can try if you practice on a spherical object is try to see if you can go all around it in many directions using, for instance, Munter hitches and, or which are also called nodomes in Japanese for people who are more from a Japanese persuasion. Uh, and that's a really good exercise to prepare yourself for Facebook. Okay. Okay. So Maya, you have been in Facebook a few times. I very much have. How does it feel to you as a bottom to have rope on your face? So I'm a big fan of Facebook, which is lucky because you like it quite a lot. I do. Um, it gives me a very subby feeling. Um, there's something about it taking away your senses and depending on how much you rope you use and where you put the rope, that's obviously going to be more or less. Mm. Um, but there's there's something about the intimacy and the, the power of letting someone take your face away. Um, that's, uh, yeah, very subby for me. Um, can, can you explain for people who might not be familiar with the term what a subby feeling is? Um, I guess it's a feeling of not being in control, of giving over power to the other person. Okay. Um uh is it similar to wearing a blindfold in that sense or is it a bit different no it's not similar to i think it's because your whole head is in case like a blindfold for me is more practical it takes away my ability to see Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel it's not tied the blindfold it's just placed okay whereas face off is tied and so to get it off would be more challenging so i think that's part of it as well that's interesting um I think it also connects to an aspect potentially of objectification, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you take away a person's facial features or if you alter them as face rope sometimes very much does, Mm -hmm. then you're playing with a personhood in a way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I would say is sometimes, um, we talk about this in risks a bit can really hurt the bridge of your nose. Okay. So um, a very common place for face rope to go is the, the very top of your nose, where your nose, I guess, meets your forehead. Mm-hmm. And if you press into that, you'll find it's quite sensitive. And if your face rope um, presses on that a lot, it can be quite painful. And the same with your eyes. So often eyes will cross over the eyes. Often face rope will cross over the eye socket. And yeah. if it pushes too much on the eyes, it can be quite um Unpleasant. You don't like the sensation of things pressing into your eyeballs as well. Um, it feels, the pressure feels unpleasant, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that's common is um, when the rope is on your head and you um, pull rope through, so there are vibrations, then that yes. kind of rumbles through your head. Mm-hmm. In um, fact, one of the people I was tying once said it felt like being at the dentist, yeah. which is not a sensation she looked forward to. Yeah, yeah. And I can definitely see that. And for me, I mostly don't mind it, but I do agree sometimes it can be a bit weird and not mm-hmm. super fun. I suppose the head and face are very sensitive parts of the body, so they perceive those vibrations and friction in a way that, let's say, a thigh might not. Absolutely, and they're close to your ears. Your ears are on your head, so the vibrations are going to reach your ears in a different way. And there are other risks too, right? Folks? All right, let's talk about those risks a bit, Maya. So what do we have on a face? Well, we have the eyes. You mentioned those already. 
And Please don't explode your bottom's eyeballs. Yeah, so the funny thing with eyeballs is I think they're not actually as fragile as most people believe, but they're still pretty fragile. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and eyes are kind of important in our day-to-day -day lives. Obviously, we use our eyes for our vision. Yeah. But also, if we injure the eye area in a way that is visible to other people, such as what you might call a black eye, I mean, hematoma or bruises around your, the orbit of your eye and so on, socially, that is a type of injury that seems to come with a lot of stigma, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so, particularly if you're a woman and you're mm. playing with a male. Um, okay, so what are, what are the other risks? Uh, one that strikes very close to home, Maya, is the nose. Uh, I've broken my nose four times. And you almost broke it again yesterday. I almost broke it again yesterday yep. by walking through a glass door. Yeah. Um, the nose is made in part of cartilage mm. and it is not that resilient to some forms of compression and twisting, yeah. surprisingly. And broken noses can be very unpleasant. They can bleed a lot. So if you don't want blood all over your nice tatami mats and your nice rope, don't break your partner's nose, please. Yeah. And again, we don't think that you'd have to put quite a lot of pressure on it, no? You would, um, except in some cases, it's hard to realize the leverage that rope can okay, have. Okay, very good point. And sometimes you're in a certain position when you tie, and then the body shifts, like the person might fall forward a bit, or part of the face rope might get caught in something. Uh, in the rigor's clothing, it might get caught in something that's in the environment, which could jerk on it, and that definitely could break or damage a person's nose. Uh, and one thing that's annoying about broken noses is they tend to not look straight after that. So if you care about what your face looks like, if, like me, you had your nose broken four times, then it's not going to look straight after it. Um, okay, luckily I like your nose. Yeah. Uh, there's leverage um, that can cause issues elsewhere, right? Uh, yeah, what do you have in mind? The neck. Oh, yeah, the neck. Okay, so if you use a person's head and move that around, you can definitely twist their necks or extend their necks in ways that can be quite dangerous. Um, the cervical spine, which would be the fancy name for the neck, uh, is a very important part of the body because all the nerves necessary for you to stay alive live there. Yeah. Uh, so if you damage or pinch those nerves, very, very, very bad things can happen. And then on the front of the neck, you have the breathy bits that <laughs> allow you to get air into your lungs, yeah. which turns out also very important to staying alive. Yeah. Uh, so definitely we want to be careful of whether or not our face rope is going to go onto the neck directly. And then we're talking about neck rope, which is a bit of a different topic, yeah. which is probably an episode for another day. Yeah. Uh, and even if it isn't, by manipulating the face rope and moving the head around, we can have effects on the neck we need to be careful about. Yeah. And sometimes your rope can slip. Like this is a less stable type of tie. Mm -hmm. And if you move around a lot, then suddenly your face rope becomes neck rope oh, accidentally. Yeah. That is very important because A, neck rope is dangerous. B, it can get you in trouble because several venues don't allow neck rope. And if you end up with rope around the neck, even without meaning to, uh, that might 
at the lightest get your scene stopped by the DMs, the dungeon monitors, the people in charge of the safety. In the worst case, it could get you banned from the venue altogether. Yeah. Or in the worst case, it could kill your bottom, probably. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Um, I don't think slip down neck rope in itself, slip down face rope that becomes neck rope in itself is likely to kill. But the thing is, when you look at how people die accidentally, it's often a sequence of little things yeah. that snowball. So slip and slip and slip. I would say definitely monitor your face rope. Absolutely. Much if, more than yeah. other, yeah. Yeah. And if it has slipped out of place, remove it immediately. Don't wait until later. Yeah. Because the nightmare scenario is first your face rope slips down to the neck, you're not really paying attention. It's loose around the neck, it's not doing anything. And then later you say doing a suspension and you shift the body around and that neck rope becomes Tightened. tight immediately and can really be very dangerous yeah. there. So have your cutting tool, God, yes. to you, which we always advise, um, but definitely, you know, have it on your person. That your really goes double with face rope. Uh, face rope could obstruct the breathing. And if you're person in rope has difficulty breathing, I would advise you cut the rope off the face immediately. Don't don't even don't like, mess around. Don't mess around, don't even think, don't ask them if they want to cut the rope, just cut the fucking rope and Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. So talking of breathing, yeah. uh, the mouth is another area we can damage because our teeth are inside our mouth. Our teeth are inside our mouth. And, if the, you catch... and, and teeth can damage the rope and that would be bad too. <laughs> I was more thinking if you tie your rope over a lip yeah. and the lip is over the... Uh, teeth, that is a really your... good way to burst someone's lip open, yeah. uh, which can be sexy, but it's maybe not within your risk profile because then you have to go to work with a yeah. fat lip and have to explain what happened at the weekend. Uh, and also, once again, you get blood over your rope, which may or may not be okay with you. Um, so yes, the mouth does have this risk. And also the mouth is part of what you use for breathing. So once again, if it's too obstructed, uh, and I'm thinking in particular that if you use the face rope to hold in a gag mm. or hold in a bowl of something inside the mouth to serve as a gag, then that you definitely, definitely have to be careful about um, breathing. You have to wonder, could part of the rope be chewed off and then be swallowed by the person? Because that wow. could also be a risk. Okay, never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's nice we get to... It would take a long time to chew through that. To the hem. hem. Some yeah. people tie with jute, you know. Like yeah, I can probably like no. bite right through jute no. most of the time. Uh, it's well, yeah. It's one of the nice things with getting to sit down and think about those topics a bit more in depth is seeing those aspects. Another thing, and I'm sorry if anyone's eating, I'll try to be um, 
not graphic, but sometimes things need to come out of the mouth in a hurry. Yeah. And if the rope is blocking that, it can be bad too. So definitely okay. have the cutters. If the person is feeling nauseous and you can't instantly untie the face rope, just cut it off. Uh, which brings me to my connected point. Don't use your best favorite rope for the face rope if it's going to be in the mouth and be full of saliva. And if you might have to cut it off, like it might be a good place to use rope you care about a little less. And you might want to use, um, often bottoms will prefer a specific rope for yep. themselves for saliva because uh, they would consider it a bodily fluid. So that might be something to think about as well. Like, does your bot is your bottom comfortable with the rope going in their mouth? Where has your rope been? Mm -hmm. Somewhere gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you are a person who gets tied up, it might be a good idea to own a few hanks of rope of your own and bring it to the party or bring it to your private play and say, for instance, uh, anything that goes on my face or on my genitals needs to be these ropes. And yeah, that's a good way to do it. So quite a few of those um, play to the social point around um, breaking something or, or hurting something on the face. But mm -hmm. rope itself, even if it doesn't hurt you, can leave marks as we yes. know well. Yes, um, it can. Which might be a problem when you go down to buy your... Your latte immediately after the scene. Which is indeed what I do quite often. And so yeah. we do check what so marks I have. On the one hand, I find rope marks on the face to look extremely cute. But I can see that the coffee lady then might be Then you have to go and get the coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm only talking about marks that tend to stay for maybe one to two hours yeah. at the maximum. Um, but there's always the risk of bruising and there's always the risk of getting rope burn. And if you get rope burn across your forehead, you might need to justify to your work buddies why you suddenly look like Harry Potter. Okay. So who, um, normally we, when we do a rope focus episode, we, we mm -hmm. recommend a tie for what level of experience bottoms and top have. So what yep. other criteria or experience do we feel they need to have with face rope? I feel as a top you need to have very good control of your tension in order to do face rope because you need it not to lose or it's never going to stay because it's honestly quite hard to make face rope stay in place in the first place. Uh, but if it's too tight, it's going to cause many of those problems we just talked about in terms of risks. So it's really about having that sweet spot of tension that's snug but not too tight. And that takes, for most people, quite a bit of practice to get it. Right, right. And for bottoms, um, I don't think this is so much about your experience level with rope, um, but about how you feel about stuff on your face. So some people are claustrophobic and yeah. really can't cope with stuff covering their nose or their mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you have some experience or at least you've got some knowledge of breath play, that can help yeah. because you can understand more what's going to happen. Uh, if you have experience with gags, um, but I, I think when you're doing it for the first time, take it easy and just understand what it feels like to be so restricted around your face. Um, cause I think it's quite an intense sensation. Mm, definitely agree with that. So Maya, what do we usually use Facebook for? Okay. Well, we've talked a few about, about a few of these. So let's mm -hmm. go into more detail. So we talked about objectifying and this is a favorite of yours. So tell me about that. Um, definitely it is a favorite of mine. Uh, I quite like the Silent Hill aesthetic, as I call it. So Silent Hill is 
an old video game that had a certain art style to it, um, where a lot of the characters didn't have visible faces. They were like wrapped in bandages or had weird things on top of their face. Uh, I quite like that. And removing the face, as we said, can be very objectifying, can be dehumanizing. Uh, you can also transform and sometimes disfigure the face with rope. Create. You know that game you play sometimes when you're a kid and you like use your fingers to wrap your face into a grimace? No, but I can see it. Yeah, you can see me doing it, but yeah. the listeners can. Yeah, okay, so you're moving your face around and making your mouth wider or smaller. And, and things like that, and making your eyes like not on the same level and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, anyway, rope can do that, and some people do like playing with making people look ugly and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's something face rope is extremely good at. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something you might want to discuss with the person being tied beforehand because if you see yourself in those pictures uh, and you don't like it, psychologically, I think it can be quite triggering. Uh, in fact, I didn't really want to do face work in public for quite a long time because mm. I found it very intimate um, and I found I, w- I wasn't used to the, f- the look of it mm. and I didn't want it to be a public thing. Yeah, that makes absolute sense to me. Another great use of face rope is making Maya take a nap. Because <laughs> sometimes Maya gets very tired when she works too much and she needs a nap, but she's a bit grumpy and she doesn't want to go I to bed. I don't know what you mean. And then you put some face rope on her and then she falls asleep. That is fairly true, yeah. yeah. It That's does so make me feel sorry and I'm much more likely to follow instructions. Mm-hmm. I, I do like face rope a lot. Yeah. Um, it's also a very practical blindfold. I would say if you tie it really well, it's better than most blindfolds because it's going to be more adaptable to the person, the size and shape of their face. And if you tie it really well, it's going to stay in place much better than most blindfolds do. So if you have a scene where you're moving around a bit, you might be doing sex stuff or you might be doing impact stuff and blindfolds have a tendency to slip off. If you tie a very good face rope blindfold, it might stay on better. And you can also tie over blindfold cloth. Um, And that is successful in a couple of ways. One, it keeps the blindfold on even more in the same way, but also gives the rope something a bit more grippy to grip on. Absolutely, and it creates that buffer between the rope and the skin, which means you won't get as many problems with rope marks on the face and it might be more comfortable depending on the type of cloth you're using. So it's a bit of a best of both worlds situation. Uh, And you can increase the opaqueness of your blindfold by Mm. the rope being an additional layer. Yeah, it makes it harder to see. Uh, You can also have a similar effect by combining rope with say a hood, which could be lycra, could be latex and so on. And one thing we do have in our collection, Maya, is some lycra hoods that are not quite opaque. They're mm. sort of translucent. You can see through them a little bit. But then if you add rope on top of that, then they become more occlusive. Mm, mm, mm. And I also understand you can use rope as a gag. So that's not exactly your favorite thing, Maya, is no. it? No. I have a bit of a, not quite phobia, but um, I do not like material of any kind in my mouth. So when can... you go to the dentist and they put little cotton oh, pads, it's not oh, a good time. It's terrible. It's really terrible. I find it really unpleasant. So I won't have rope in my mouth. 
Um, I don't mind it on either side, like on the uh, upper lip or on the mm -hmm. chin, uh, or even across the mouth, but I cannot go with it in the mouth. Mm. Um, but as we know from uh, rock pictures and rock videos, many people love rock in the mouth. Yeah, it's a very sexy look for many people. Uh, definitely, it probably is an interesting sensation for the rock bottoms. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like nails on a blackboard. It's that kind of yeah. intensity. And so what do we have to think about when we're using rope as a gag? You're going to notice more than me. I think we're going to think about the cleanliness of the rope, <laughs> both before and after. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's a place where synthetic ropes might have a big advantage because you can wash them a lot easier. Absolutely. Natural fiber is not going to like the wetness of the saliva and is going to like even less having to be washed afterwards. Yeah. So that's a thing to keep in mind. And then the things we already touched on, the breathing, the other functions of the mouth and so on. Uh, I think the person's mouth might get dry pretty fast. Because mm, you your rope is going to suck up the moisture. Yeah, and it's going to make it more difficult for the saliva to work in its usual way. There would be probably a lot of drooling, which personally I love. <laughs> Uh, but definitely check that everyone involved in the scene is okay with drooling and then have a tall glass of water at the ready to <laughs> give the person a drink after they've had rope in their mouth because you're probably going to want one. All right. So what else do we use face rope for? Surprisingly versatile so far. Yeah, and we're not even done. Uh, we don't show face in photos, Maya. No, we don't. Uh, that's our uh, decision. That's why being on the radio rather than on YouTube, for instance, is great for us because we don't want to show our faces. We have faces made for radio, as they call it. And face rope is really good to hide the face of a model in a photo when you don't want the face to be visible. Uh, similarly, that I, I've also used rope to hide, say, a tattoo when someone would want that tattoo visible mm. in the photo. Instead of blurring it or photoshopping it out, which might end up being a bit ugly, you just put rope over it and then you don't see it anymore in the photo. Okay. What else? Uh, one thing we use it for as well, and there you have to be quite careful because we're getting into a bit of a more advanced level of face rope, is as a support in suspension. I would not recommend doing a suspension solely from the face. No, although we did do a partial. Yes, uh, but using the face as one point in the suspension but as other support for yeah. the weight of the body uh, is definitely something we sometimes do mm -hmm. and then all the risk things apply tenfold because obviously a lot more tensions on it and so on but you do enjoy getting neck support and yes, head support yes, in your suspensions and that's one of the ways we achieve that and it can also be pretty it can be very pretty, very decorative, and I am trying to use my extra rope and not just leave it hanging. I'm not a big fan of uh, the spaghetti aesthetic where you have a lot of rope uh, hanging. And so I, I try to find places to use my extra rope and around the face uh, can sometimes be a good choice if once again you're very careful to not let it slip out of position. Mm. And is there anything face rope is less good for? Like what would we, what kind of scenes might we not use it for? Um, actually, I think our opinions on that might diverge a bit. 
Okay. Because I know, for instance, you don't love having your head rope connected to another body part, but I'm quite okay with that. I think that's more about my neck. Mm, because you have a pre-existing neck injury, which yeah. means you're limited in how you yeah. neck and I like my neck to stay in neutral position, and as soon as we have it connecting to another part of the body, it tends mm. to move the neck. For that same reason, I would say face rope is not the best for very dynamic scenes. Yeah, okay. Because it's so delicate, uh, you're going to really want to be mindful of what pressures you suddenly put on that rope. And so I wouldn't use it, let's say, in a very dynamic floor scene or in a suspension that a lot of violent transitions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what scenes um, have we used it in? How can we describe using it for our listeners in a practical way? So I can immediately think of two, Maya. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was that Lovecraft theme photo shoot we did with a photographer in Bangkok. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. So for people who don't know Lovecraft, uh, first get to know Lovecraft. He's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite writers. And in his stories, there are a lot of eldritch abominations mm. that have like tentacles and things like that. And so in that photo shoot, we were definitely going for a sort of a monster look. Like we're turning you into some kind of rope monster. Yeah, I have a lot of face rope. You have so much face rope. rope. And you have a rope tentacle as one of your arms, if I recall. Yeah, that was quite fun. And we had a cage. So we can, um, I'll share, I mean, I'll share pictures of face rope in the... um, Writing for the episode. That's right. (laughs) All right, awesome. And the other one I can uh, think of is what we call the face cage, which is a tie I did, which you used a lot of mentor hitches to uh, put rope really all around your head and kind of imprison your head. And that, I recall, made you extremely spacey. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had that a few times, and that's what we use to do the partial suspension. Mm -hmm. And by partial suspension, people will be able to see in the um, episode notes, because I'll put the photo there. Uh, We let a lot of my weight, well, more weight than normal on my face. (laughs) <laughs> uh, using the face cage to kind of spread that weight out. The um, uh, knots that munter hitches, mm-hmm. um, hitches press yeah. into your face quite a lot, so it's worth being aware of that because it's much more likely to leave marks. Mm. And if you want that even more, there's a way to tie them inverted to the press. Oh, even more. Okay. So you can uh, use that to the extent you want as well. Yeah. So we'll put some photos in the episode now so people mm-hmm. can see the kind of ways we've used uh, Facebook and if other people have photos we would love to see them um, so please link to the um, uh, your photos in the comments yep thanks to our patrons for bringing us this quite interesting topic yep. and I hope you all have fun with carefully trying face rope. (laughs) So that's all from us at the Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and come friend us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. So drop us a message on FetLife. And if you like this podcast and you would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.